afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Um, we're streaming off the, I'm not using my phone this week. I'm using the laptop up so that you guys can see my beautiful guest who's in studio with me today. And I will uh, introduce her shortly. But of course, first we have our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham to kick us off. Let's see what the universe and Abraham has in store for us today. First from the universe. I do believe that if people would just start by saying, it's fun when it seems hard, I'm happy when they seem sad, and I know when it seems they don't, they'd finally discover that it really is, they really are, and they always have. Works for me in the universe. <laughs> ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe, and uh, I think trying to remind us that even when it doesn't feel like it, it can be fun. Even when it doesn't feel like it, you can be happy. And even when it doesn't feel like it, you actually do know. Even when you think, I don't know what's going on. Truth is, we actually really do. And and part of this is is getting us to understand that we don't need anything external to have fun. Fun is something we cultivate within ourselves. We don't need anything external to be happy. You know, so often, and so many people I, I talk to, they're like, oh man, things are going to be great. I'm going to be happy when this happens, when that happens, when I achieve this goal, you, you know, when all these great things. I'm like, no, you don't be happy when you achieve the goal. You be happy first, and then being happy helps you to achieve that goal. You know, and and so often, I, I so many times, especially when I do the shamanic work that I do, people say, oh, I need clarity. I don't know what to do. I don't know what direction. I don't know where I'm going. Almost inevitably, they always know what they want. They always know where they're going. They actually know it's more having the courage to actually admit what it is that people are looking for. You know, so often... Uh, you know, like uh, I saw a gentleman uh, last weekend and he was in the process in the sort of end stages of going through a divorce after, you know, having been separated for a couple of years and he wanted clarity. And I didn't say anything in the beginning, but then through the ceremony, what he came to realize was he knew actually exactly what he wanted to do. He was just afraid to admit it to himself. And by the end of the ceremony, he was like, I'm calling up my wife. We're going to talk about this. We're going to work things out. And I, I don't want to get divorced. Now, did her on the other end of the phone have the same reaction? Probably not. But it's not about things turning out the way we expect. It's about having the courage to step up and act as, and 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 admit that we actually do know and having the courage to say you know what whether this works out or whether it doesn't i need to express how i feel in this moment i need to admit to myself and to others that this is the the way um uh, the way i i feel the way i am what, what is the truth for me internally right here right now so yeah and this is just a perfect example. It may not be fun going through a divorce, but you can have fun with it. And as a matter of fact, the more fun you have with it, the lighter you keep it, the easier time you're going to have going through a divorce, a separation. And it doesn't matter whether it's with a spouse, uh, uh, a business partner, uh, your job, your boss, whatever. Any kind of separation, right, it often feels like a loss but if we can play with it a little bit, and that playing with it comes from something internal, not something external. Don't wait for the other person to be playful. We start by being playful first, and then the other person surely will come along. We may not be feeling very happy in the moment. But that not feeling happy is a choice. And I am, I've always say... Look, it's not about suppressing your feelings. If you're upset, be upset. If you're sad, be sad. 
Just know that we do have the choice of switching how we internally feel, not based on our external circumstances, but how we internally feel. And we can decide to cultivate within us a greater sense of joy, a greater sense of gratitude. And it doesn't happen all at once. It may happen little steps at a time. But if we lean in the direction where we want to go, and how do you know where you want to go? It's simple. We always want to be happy. It's it. Any any time we think, I want this, I want that, I want this to happen, I want that to happen— the motivation is always because we believe if this happens, that happens, we do this, we do that, that it will make us happy. So if we just allow ourselves to be happy first, then moving in whatever direction we want to move in comes from a place of empowerment. It comes from a place of choice. It comes from a place of knowing who we are and making a choice or a decision of where we want to go. So, a beautiful, wonderful, amazing quote from the universe today, and I have a sneaking suspicion rather apropos for what we're going to talk about today. Okay, let's see what Abraham has for us. You cannot judge the value of life by its quantity. It is by the joy that you are feeling. Ooh, more about joy. The more joyful you are, the longer you live. Let yourself relax and breathe and be free and be joyous and romp. The optimal physical life experience is to have plenty of things that stimulate you to desire and an awareness of the way you feel. So you're reaching for thoughts that feel good. So you're wide open. You're tuned in, tapped in and turned on. We promise you the timing of your death is always chosen by you, Abraham. Very, very interesting quote, very much in alignment with the quote from the universe. And I swear to God, I did not cherry pick these. These are what came into my inbox this morning. And and a very interesting one about, you know, life, about, you know, sometimes we feel when we see somebody who is maybe young, but is not going to be with us much longer, that it's sad that their life is only 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years long. And what Abraham is saying here is that it's not about the quantity of life. It is about our presence in life. It's about that stimulation of life. It's about how much we live in our life. There are lots of people who have very long lives, and they're miserable through most of it, and they haven't really lived the way they want to live their life, even though they may have lived 60, 70, 80, 90 years long. And I think what Abraham is saying here is even somebody who's only lived 10, 20, 30 years in a life, but lived them fully with gusto, with, with joy and happiness, th- that those 10, 20, or 30 years are far more than a life of 90 years lived in upset and depression and sadness and frustration. And the beautiful thing about it is we get to choose. Abraham says, let yourself relax and breathe and be free and joyous and romp. See, this is the thing, right? Again, being playful. It is always a choice. And the more we choose to be happy for no reason at all, just because it's how we want to feel, the more we choose to really, to to be a light, not just in our own life, but be a light for everyone around us, the more fulfilled we'll be, the, the more we'll inspire others, and the more we'll create this whole field of joy around us. And indeed, if you've ever spent any time at a hospice or maybe in the children's ward of a cancer hospital, you know, sometimes these amazing, adorable little creatures of light who know they may not have long to walk upon this earth, sometimes they are the brightest, shiningest lights of all. So, yeah, it may feel sad that, you know, someone may not be able to live a a long, full life as we expect for ourselves. 
But if we can see the joy in their eyes and in their hearts and know that at least in whatever amount of time, because the truth is none of us know how long we really have in our life. Our soul knows, our spirit knows, but consciously we don't really know. And, and it's interesting because even the, the, the founder of the station, Giorgio, who became a Buddhist monk, you guys know the story, most of you, even he would say, you know, when someone comes in for a healing, we don't cure anything because what are you curing? We're all eventually going to die. And someone can come in for an acupuncture treatment and maybe they have heart disease or cancer or they had a stroke or whatever. And you can give them a great acupuncture treatment and, and they can feel better and they're healed and, and all of a sudden the cancer is in remission and they're great and they can go out the next day and get hit by a bus. Right? We don't know how long anybody has on this life. So there is no cure for anything. Because the only thing we can technically cure would be death. And I know there are some people out there working on that and transferring consciousness to computers. I'm not so sure about that idea. But there is no cure for anything. From the moment we die, we are slowly but surely and steadily approaching the day of our death. And again, you guys have heard me say it before. I even did a whole show on it a couple of years ago. Life is lived in the dash. It's that dash between the date we're born and the date we die. And we don't know what that second date is usually, but we do know how we choose to live our life. So please, this is an amazing couple of quotes. Let's go out there and live our joyful, happy life because that is what we want. Doesn't mean you have to be that way all the time, but it's definitely something to consider. All right. Uh, before we go to break, let me just give a quick shout out um, for all my Facebook uh, viewers. Oh, my God. I just lost everybody. Here we go. Kai, Scott, Dennis, Dennis. Good day, sunshine. Yes, absolutely. Um, oh, my God. I just clicked my phone and now I can't see. And I know there's a whole bunch of others of you wonderful, amazing people. Okay, I'm going to have to, during the break, go uh, check on the other one and, uh, and get down here. Why isn't it telling me everybody? Okay, that's what happens. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in and watching. Um, I'm going to introduce my guest, an amazing author um, who's in studio with us right after we come back from this break. And, and her story is, is really going to move you. So everybody... Don't go away. Stay exactly where you are. Keep listening, and we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday, 9 to 10 Eastern Time, and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow, Follow Me Friday, Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're, We're your digital, digital connectors. connectors. Woo <laughs> Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day.
And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I really appreciate you all for tuning in today. I did take a quick look at the laptop. Uh, so quick shout out for my Facebook viewers who I didn't get to before. Jonathan, old dear friend, thank you for tuning in. Carlos, Stephen, Dell, brother, good to see you. Thanks for all the smiling faces. Upside down smiling faces. Am I upside down? Is that what you're trying to say? And Dennis also, thank you. Yes, don't worry, be happy. Good, great Bobby McFerrin song. So it is my pleasure to introduce to you Pia DeJong, who is a prize-winning literary, literary novelist and newspaper columnist who moved uh, here to the U.S. back in 2012 from Amsterdam. A little bit of a change, huh? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Pia debuted her uh, in 2008 with her novel... Long Days. Long Days, for which she received the Golden Reader's Golden L Prize. I did. That I got. Her second novel... Uh, Fear of Death. Fear of Death. Ah, yeah. Was published in 2012. In, 2000, in 2010, excuse me. In 2012, she immigrated with her husband, scientist Robert... How do you pronounce this? Diecraft. <laughs> Diecraft, okay. And their three children to the United States. The columns she wrote about the U.S. for NRC Handelsbad exactly. uh, were recently compiled under the title... Um, uh, Lesson Post? Yeah, which means actually message in a bottle. Oh, message in a bottle. That's how cool. it feels. I throw my message every week over the, into the ocean and it... It comes on the, on the oh. North Sea in Amsterdam. <laughs> nice, nice. And her most recent book, her memoir, Saving Charlotte, A Mother and the Power of Intuition, is all about surviving her newborn daughter's congenital myeloid uh, leukemia diagnosis. And um, I'm very happy you're here with us in studio today. Oh, welcome you. to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Pia. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, okay, so for the people on the Facebook live stream, I'll hold up the book real quick, but you probably can't see it because it's small. But Saving Charlotte, it's an amazing, amazing book. This is a true story. It's a true story. All right. Is, uh, uh, every second of it. Every, every letter of it. <laughs> every letter of it. Okay, so there's no novelizations. There's no... Nothing. All right, no. cool. So... so um, this must have been a little bit of a tough book to write. It was actually, yeah. So the, the book is um, Saving Charlotte. So Charlotte is my daughter who was born in 2000. Mm -hmm. And she had um, a very, so in Holland we still give birth at home. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you have a midwife or a doula? With a midwife, with yeah. A midwife? And it's a very, okay. it's a totally different experience, I think, from giving birth in a hospital. It's just yeah. like you can surround yourself with the, you know, all your own colors and smells. And mm -hmm. it's very, very, very special and very like home. And so I did very well with my third baby. So I knew how to do it and I was very ah. relaxed. And then the midwife said like, she's she's a great baby. She was a little bit small and but she had little blue spots on her tiny body oh. on her back. And if you, uh -huh. yeah, and that was the scary thing. Okay. And talking about intuition, mm -hmm. immediately I sensed this was not a good thing. And actually, I asked uh, my husband to check out if this was maybe leukemia. Although I have no experience with leukemia. Oh, really? Yeah. So you kind of thought it might be leukemia like yeah. right off the bat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you a question. So before all this, before you had your Charlotte, had you had any intuitive experiences in your life beforehand? Was this something kind of common for you or was this very out of the ordinary for you this was out of the ordinary for me to okay. be so tuned in with my yeah. intuition so completely open and i think it helped that i had just given birth and i think you're right. all your, I'm just looking at this beautiful chakra yeah. i think you're so <laughs> open and you're so body mind hormones i think yeah. it's the mind is completely away i right. think this whole process of yeah you're much more in your body completely. you're much more connected to your I mean, spirit you, have, totally. you you when you give birth in a natural way i didn't have any pain medication uh, there's no mind involved it's yeah. just <laughs> you get contractions how long were you in labor for i think it was the whole thing was done in like an hour and 10 minutes yeah an hour and 10 minutes oh my yeah. god that's fast. yeah no pain wow. medication this no. was it wow amazing yeah. amazing very amazing okay so um so you had this intuitive hit, and you asked your husband to check about this, and what did he discover about these blue dots? Well, he discovered nothing. It was and apparently 
that's what we learned later. This is a very, thank God, a very rare uh. um, disease, especially mm -hmm. to be born with leukemia. So yeah. that's a good thing. So, but that why he couldn't find anything. Oh, I see. And okay, and and then uh, well, eventually you did find out though that there was a little bit of an issue, wasn't there? Yeah. So when she was two weeks old, she was there was a biopsy taken from she had actually m developed more of those blue spots. Oh. So she was actually all over what they sometimes call like blueberry muffin babies. Oh. <laughs> Very a nice expression, but she was all over with blue spots. So they were by there was a biopsy taken, and then okay. we were called to the hospital and uh. we were told that she had a very severe form of leukemia with actually Ooh. hardly any you know chance of recovery wow yeah which at that time i had a hard time believing mm. so actually i i i, f I couldn't i couldn't understand it, i couldn't believe it for me it wow. was so strange that yeah I knew my body, I knew my baby because I had carried her for nine months. And then yeah. there's somebody else who tells you things about your child. Yeah. And so I just, as soon as I could, I just left the hospital and walked home oh, really? <laughs> with her. Yeah, okay. it's just too much. Okay. And then um, what, and what, what did the doctors recommend about this leukemia? So, yeah, so the next step was we were actually, so were more tests and, 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 you know, biopsies of the bone marrow, all kind of things. Mm -hmm. And then we were uh, assigned a oncologist mm -hmm. who, um, who we sat down with. Right. And my daughter, Charlotte, I had her with me. Mm -hmm. She was actually feeding her. And, and then, uh, so that was actually the moment that my intuition was strongest when mm -hmm. she, uh, when the doctor said, you know, there's, there wasn't really much they could do. The only option was actually... Um, um, chemotherapy? Yeah, chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. And he... And now there's like more, there's immune therapy, but at that time, there's mm. only this aggressive yeah. method. Yeah. And, you know, I was so in touch with her. I was feeding her, and she was so tiny and so sweet and so perfect, even even mm -hmm. with the blue spots, mm -hmm. I didn't want I didn't want to go into this whole chemotherapy yeah. uh, way, and I also didn't want her to be in the hospital. I just wanted to be home. Yeah. I thought she didn't she doesn't need the stress. We were stressed out. We had spent there for all yeah. this, you know, therapies and things. And I just so that's <laughs> so I took her, I put her in my sling, and I packed my stuff and i just started to walk home. walk home wow wow yeah that must have been uh, you know very difficult and very tough because you know chemotherapy it really destroys the body's own natural immune system you've got a two-week-year-old baby th their immune system is just beginning to um get built so yeah. it's like it's like killing your, your the insides of your child before they even have a chance to develop right. Yeah, and even though I mean they, they, I don't think they were like wanted to do this immediately. Right. But there were like some statistics that he showed us for children who, you know, they waited a little bit and then they got worse and then they gave them chemotherapy after all and then they right. got a little bit better. And I think the sample of thirty-five children, they had all died. So that oh, was wow. very sad. It was a very sad message. Right. And yeah. this was like a very rare form of leukemia. This wasn't Thank like God. a common form of leukemia, no, right? No, no, no. So yeah. the good news is that leukemia is very well treatable. Mm -hmm. And there is like an 85 percentage of, um, you know, recovery rate. Mm -hmm. And it, it's not higher because of the type that my, my daughter had, Charlotte uh. had. Yeah, that... <laughs> puts the statistics down yeah 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 okay and so then so you bring her home and then uh, what did you decide to do i mean how did you you, you decided actually to to treat her at, at or not treat her but you decided to keep her at home and not go the traditional yeah route that must have been a very difficult decision to come to because on the one hand the doctors are telling you if you don't do something she's going to die but you're feeling like no if i do what they tell me to do she's going to die yeah so we did it was just not an all at all a difficult decision it was something okay. i knew so strong that this baby had to be home you know mm. with me and my husband robert and with her uh, little brothers uh, just home okay that was it there's no doubt in my mind that this was the best thing for her mm -hmm. uh, for one thing that she needed just peace and quiet and rest mm -hmm. and the joy of two little boys 
talk about joy. Joy, yeah. The joy of being at home. Yeah. And having the colors around her that we liked. You mm. know, not I not the mom not being stressed. Right. That meant the baby would not be stressed. So it was right. no doubt in my mind that this was the best thing. But we were in the beginning. We were actually, w we were actually waiting for her to die because that's oh. what we were told. Okay. So it was quite, um, quite a, a difficult situation. Yeah. But although um, we didn't treat her in the in the in the in the, in the way the doctors right. you know treat, I did actually uh, quite a lot. I kept her calm. I ah. fed her. I bathed her. I had all these nice smells. I, mm -hmm. you know, I I walked her. So I did so many things. So I was mm. quite busy. Right, right. Doing so many things. Um, ah. <laughs> so you really like you you put your best attention to her. I did. I did. And yeah. I tried to be as open and as you know as happy as I could because right. I felt that that's what she needed. Right. Right. And and over time, uh, and in the book, you actually bring in, you know, it, it's a lot. It's about a lot more than just what's happening with Charlotte, right? In your book, you you bring in uh, um, a lot of other things, other characters from your neighborhood and the surroundings yes. and what's going on. Why did you do that? What what? Uh, well, because that was uh, yeah. So the funny thing is, we lived in the heart of Amsterdam, mm -hmm. and and. You know, it's a little bit of a funky alternative, you know, city. Right. So across the alley, there was a um, a brothel. You know, the right. Amsterdam kind of brothel, <laughs> mm -hmm. where the the ladies sit actually uh, behind the window, and that's something that when before I had my children, I wouldn't pay attention to these ladies. They did their thing, right. and I did my thing, right. and I found a little bit, you know, who does that? That's kind of. Mm -hmm. like, mm. And but when I was in this situation and my life was turned upside down, she turned to be a, a very sweet girl and uh, started knitting things for my baby. Uh, and actually, she she became very involved and she started to lit candles and it, you know and uh, so she she was kind of meditating and praying for my little girl. And so there were all kind of people who you know who you wouldn't pay much attention to if you like mm. you know in a normal situation normal situation so i my i was so open to all of them and they gave mm. me so much in very unexpected ways yeah. and i learned so much about you know finding care and love and things you know you you don't search for right that right. you you you, and you also kind of like have. dropped your judgment about people totally. you know it's very easy to have judgment about a woman putting herself in that position or being in that position not necessarily putting herself but being in that position and you know making her livelihood that way but when you get past sort of the superficial things and you get yeah. past sort of the the parents that really get to know the person themselves you discover that they have a heart, they have a soul, have a like soul. everyone else. Yeah, and there was this, it was a little playground uh, two minutes from my home. We didn't have a yard and nothing, uh, not even a balcony. So we all met uh, outside. And there was this, this man, Louis was his name. And he uh, he was kind of, he, he had been like a garbage collector and he had mm -hmm. pain in his back. And then he was offered this this job to take care of the, the little kids. And uh, he did a great job. And oh, even wow. though he had a lot, slightly an, an alcohol problem and everything, mm -hmm. he wasn't, you know, it was just uh, the greatest guy. And he became such a friend for me in those hard times that, you know, it was just all wonderful. And, uh, yeah. Great. Talking about he died and he didn't have, like, a super long life, but he, he made such a big impression, impression. on all these little kids. Yeah, so. Yeah. There is more joy than sadness when I think about him. Yeah, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk. Let's talk about a little bit of a surprise or a little uh, something special in the book. Um, and of course, anybody listening on the Facebook live stream, if you have any questions, just you know, type them into the the video into the comments field. We'll answer them. Uh, welcome, Maria, Brigitte, Jane. Dennis, thank you guys for tuning in. Or you can always call in at 877-480-4120. We'll get you on the air. You can ask questions of Pia yourselves. We've got some really interesting stuff coming up, so don't go away. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 
Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We are live every Thursday, 12 noon Eastern to 1 p.m. Today, my guest is Pia DeJong, author of the book Saving Charlotte, which uh, we've been talking about. It's a really fascinating book um, about Charlotte, who was born with leukemia. And that's, I mean, children develop leukemia, but it's not that common for them to actually be born with it, right? No, no that's very seldom. And, and yeah. I have no idea how this could have happened. I right. mean. Yeah. And so um, when this happened also, there was this kind of a rather very interesting character um, that apparently, if, if I recall properly, your husband was doing some research and found some article about some kid who actually survived or, or was cured of this, um, but then he went back to, to look for this and then couldn't find the yeah, article again? isn't that an interesting story? So he found this, this I think his grandma put this on, the, on a blog, and it was a little boy who was mm -hmm. born with the same um, myeloid leukemia, and his parents were teenagers ah. and they couldn't handle this whole situation and he brought the baby to grandma uh -huh. who they didn't tell about the disease ah. and grandma didn't have health care right. insurance so the boy never saw a physician uh -huh. until he broke his arm when he was eight years old and he went to this hospital and then it was like, whoa, whoa, this is the boy that was supposed to die. Oh. And so this was the little story that Robert mm -hmm. told me. And it was like, oh, my gosh, you know, even though my husband is a mathematician, so like N is one. It was only one, <laughs> <laughs> one case or no statistics. But it's right. still, you know, it's made my spirit soar. And it was like, if this kid can do it, you know, Charlotte can do it. And it was such a beautiful beautiful contrast i mean this was far away in america oh this was in america and okay. yeah and this was a you know it was an african-american kid and everything was completely we were older couple these were teenagers we had the best healthcare in the world in holland so it's the complete opposite and and i embraced this kid so much that he that he became actually part of who i am and i still always think that this I will find him. He will come yeah. to me, or the universe will send him some somehow to me. And you know, sometimes I think the reason I'm here in America is that it's closer to you know this this boy, <laughs> <laughs> and he will he will show up someday. But you you started having a sense, or he started showing up to you in some way, didn't he? He did. He became part of you know. In in those days, we were like this small. Uh, you know, family, and we made our house in a castle, and we didn't want anybody who disturbed things. Mm -hmm. But the little boy became part of who we were, and uh, he talked to him, to me, and I talked to him, and I just got so much hope. You know, they say hope is a thing with feathers. For me, hope was this <laughs> little boy sitting on okay. my window sill. So, so let's be clear, because my audience loves this kind of stuff. You say this little boy talked to you. Yeah. How did he talk to you? He talked to me. Did you see him? I, I think I really saw him. Saw I him. saw him sitting there. And, you know, it, 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 it's probably my mind making it up. But I, and even now, talking about this, I can still see him sitting there. Yeah. And it was. it still gives me, like, you know, 
chill, chills on my mm. back because I felt, I just felt close to him. Yeah. And I th- somehow think that Charlotte also felt his presence. And uh, so there was, yeah, it's just, I mean, yeah, I was in a completely different state of mind, you have to remember. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, and at that time, things changed so much. I remember, I told you before that I was just thinking that she would die. Right. And this shifted completely my consciousness. Uh, and somebody came in my home. He knocked on the door. He said, like, I'm not going into your home, but I have to give you something. And he gave me like a, um, a crystal. Oh. And the crystal, he said, like, you you shouldn't focus on her, you know, her dying or her death. You should oh. focus on her life. And it may, it may sound like a total, you know, open door maybe, but it was mm-hmm. life changing for me. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the boy came along. Mm-hmm. And from then on, I just, just had a total mind shift and I just kind of bathed her more in perfume i enjoyed i enjoyed her mm. life i wasn't waiting for her to die i just it was a joyful thing and I, you know so that's why the words she said in the beginning completely resonated with me right. because it's just you know you can always be sad but it's so important to right. be happy right and i don't know if there was a relationship with her healing but she um you know she became a happier person too mm. and so she started her process of healing and she became she left and she tried to walk you know push herself up on her <laughs> arms she played with the boys her brothers and there was the house was filled with happiness and stories yeah. and we just you know and i did i we celebrated we didn't celebrate for one year we just celebrated every day every yeah. second and so the life, the, the house, the, the house in Amsterdam was filled with joy. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and it's interesting how when our, I don't want to say expectations, but when our intentions shift around things, when our energy shifts around things, those things shift themselves. They do. Isn't yeah. that a miracle? Mm-hmm. I think that's a miracle. I think that's just the way life is. Yeah, but... You need a sometimes you need a hard lesson to be aware of this, I guess. Sometimes we need a big knock in the head to wake us yeah, up. Yeah, to wake Absolutely. us up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when did you find that Charlotte suddenly was okay? When did you realize yeah. like, hey, physically she's all right? Yeah, I noticed you know, it was a slow process and she did the spots slowly but slowly mm-hmm. disappeared. She was, you know, happier and livelier and wanted to be part of everything. She wanted ah. to you know, she wanted to dance, she wanted to smile, she wanted to do everything else. And she was she was a little bit on the very tiny side uh-huh. but she grew and became, you know, bigger and so I noticed that good things were happening inside her. Uh-huh. And when she was about one year old, the doctor actually said that, you know, she was clear. She was in remission. Just like that. A total, you know, spontaneous remission, Remission. which is actually very rare. Yeah. It's very rare. Yes. But does happen. It does happen. But it's very, very exceptional. and. It's just a beautiful thing. And of course, you never know for sure if it will come back. But I was pretty confident that this strong little girl, if she beat it, (laughs) she, uh, of course, you have never. How many years ago was that? Yeah, she's 17. She's 17 now. Yeah, she's a beautiful, beautiful young. 16 years, not a sign. No, not a sign. Not a sign. She's just, um, she's. She's doing very well. Mm-hmm. I taught her, or, or together we worked out that she is, um, you know, that she has to learn when she's tired, when she doesn't want to do things. She has, she's very aware of her limits, her borders. Uh, so she pays attention to her energy yeah. and how she's yeah. feeling and checking in with herself, which makes me very glad. And I think and that's everybody something we should, can all learn from, right? Yeah, I wish I learned that because when <laughs> I was her age, I was just not like that I I just said yes to many things I felt obliged to say yes to so she has grown into a very prudent young lady Mm. and I'm very confident that she will that's amazing yeah so it says she really is a miracle baby she's a miracle baby she will always be my little baby awesome awesome so what 
after, so so the book just came out last year. This yeah, year? it came out this uh, this this last summer. This yeah. last summer. And how long did it take you to write the book? Well, it, I started writing. You know, that's a that's a beautiful story. I I think um, in the beginning there was this, you know, house built of rocks. This house is very old and from 1632, mm. and that was my my you know my cocoon. Mm. And when she was healed, I didn't want to go back to my old work as you know as a management mm. consultancy that kind okay. of stuff, right. and I didn't feel good anymore i didn't connect to that anymore and after a while of not knowing what to do i started to you know write beginning just little little poems little lines Mm -hmm. and i found my new cocoon in words Uh. and eventually that became you know like stories a story about myself and so eventually it became my first book but i always started to write about that year little things Mm -hmm. and that was so important for me. Mm-hmm. So I feel I gave her the gift of, you know, allowing her to heal herself that difficult year mm-hmm. and be patient and, you know, find mm-hmm. things out for her own. And retu- in return, she gave me a chance to become who I was supposed to be, mm-hmm. which is the greatest gift of yeah. all. And my life is completely different now. I'm a right. different woman. Right. For one thing, I was always kind of extroverted. Uh-huh. I'm much more introverted. Uh-huh. I'm more quiet. I know more who I am. I'm more open to things in the universe. I've completely changed. And Wonderful. I feel much better. <laughs> much <laughs> Beautiful. Better. <laughs> Beautiful. But but this wasn't the f- like this wasn't the first book that you published. No. Um, you published a couple of others first. Why did you decide to work on this one now and not before or, or yeah, later? Yeah, well, well, for one thing that, you know, I didn't want to write a book about a girl who survived leukemia when I was still uh, afraid that, you know, and I asked uh, this her oncologist because she's frequently, you know, her blood is always tested. And he mm-hmm. says, like, you know, you should wait a little bit and, and you know, at least you should go to puberty because that's mm-hmm. always a big hormonal change. So I waited okay. for that. And then I waited for her consent, so I needed her to be a little ah. bit old. So there were all kind of things that, okay. and um, you know, it's it's always. I mean, even though you write more books, it's a brave thing to publish a book. It's yes, not. It's absolutely. because especially a memoir, because that's you, that's mm-hmm. your soul and spirit on paper, yeah. and. So how how does she feel about you having written the book? She loved it. She loved she it. She was yeah. so happy because the the book um, for you know for you who will listen, it's not a sad book at all. It's a no. book about love and beauty and a woman finding her true north and her connecting with her spirit. And, and, it, and it's also a book of of of. Uh, Learning how to have a different perspective. Yes, about very much life, so. about people, about situations. Not to take things so much at face value. No, not exactly. And so that's that's so it's a beautiful book that you know. I hope if you read it and you, you know, live with me this change of perspective because it has yeah. been so valuable for me, and it's also valuable in the process of healing mm. for people who are sick. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. I highly recommend it, and you can find this on Amazon and all yes. the major booksellers. Yeah, and there's uh, I have a website, piatdejong.com, where you can find stories and okay. pictures. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll mention that again in the next segment. Okay, so so let's take a quick break, um, and when we come back, uh, let's talk about like what's happened since you published the book and what kind of reaction you've been getting from it so um oh and welcome on the facebook live stream we got some more viewers thank you come on in lisa vincent Catherine, kevin thank you guys for tuning in appreciate all of you and again if you have any questions just type it into the comments field of the video and we'll be happy to share them uh you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity and we'll be right back after these messages You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth from Nourish the Soul, and on this show, you will uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to having a healthy relationship to food and your body. Join us every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been talking this hour with Pia Dijong, author of the book, Saving Charlotte, A Mother and the Power of Intuition, all about her young, uh, youngest daughter, Charlotte's um, miraculous recovery from leukemia, just because you kept her in good energy. Huh? <laughs> so, so the book came out um, last summer. Uh, what kinds of reactions have you gotten from the book? I got a lot of reactions from people who, who said they love the, the intuitive part. Mm. They're very interested in how you connect to your own intuitive part. They want to know how ah. I knew and how I became so aware. Yeah. And so I what think, do you tell them? Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, one of the things, if you have a baby, and I, sp I already had that with my boys, but if you have mm -hmm. a baby that's sick, you you live in a in a totally different world. You, mm. you pay so much attention to details. Mm. You know, it's something you lose. You know, when when you go and you take the subway and you have to, you know, a train and everything. But if you ha if you're like this little world with little babies, they need to feed. I mean, something could hurt. Something mm. is happy. There's you know they did sleep well. They don't. They need to be fat i mean it's it's full of details and mm. you you're so tuned into them and you really yeah. uh have to open yourself up to the kids and and, and my yeah. <laughs> three kids at the same yeah, time yeah, yeah. so i think paying attention to details to what really matters is very important to you know get back to you know intuitive awakening gotcha. that helps I, i'm curious uh, your two sons how were they through the process of dealing with your daughter's illness were they ever jealous like oh she gets she's getting all the attention or were they just very supportive and very loving? very supportive they were they were actually um rooting for her ah. and i um i found uh you know i i they were so happy and they were so supportive when i was pregnant like mm. mommy's you know bigger bigger belly and i had such a i was so thinking when i was in the beginning when i had to tell them that i was afraid that she would die mm -hmm. and they were into you know like all these boys into dinosaurs and i made up a story i wrote uh. a story of you know you know two little dinosaurs and it was a baby dinosaur and the baby dinosaur didn't play well and she was kind of always tired and i didn't mention the disease and i didn't mention mm. charlotte and suddenly you know i've you know i was started to kind of cry and then my oldest name is joy and he took my hand and he said like mom charlotte is not gonna die uh. and i was totally you know so he i you know, he just knew I was talking about her yeah. and I never mentioned that she was sick. And I put so much strength on this. Wow. He knew. And I've, I think little kids live in this totally magical world yeah. until they are like a certain age, you know, it differs per, per, per child. But he was mm. in this magical world. And if he knew, I figured it was true. Mm. And it helped me so much. And it just completely, you know, 
mm. lifted my spirit. And yeah. so they were both so supportive and they were always trying to, you know, make her dance, make her laugh, make her mm-hmm. Yeah, so there was there was no no jealousy. And, and and how was your your husband sort of through the situation? I mean you said he's a mathematician, yeah. more kind of scientific, left brain oriented. So how how was it very difficult for him to kind of accept what you decided to do about Charlotte? Well, I think it's a, a, a misunderstanding about, uh, you know, scientists, mathematicians, that they are just solely left brain. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, they are, they are so used to deal with like 95% of what is we could know, we don't know. No, no, no. So they're used to live with uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And many of them are, I, I think there are many of them like sh- shamanistic powers and mm-hmm. they always use their intuition so somehow um it worked very well between us and yeah. he actually uh, became much more focused and um, so he uh, trusted me completely in how i you know kind of treated yeah. you know my daughter oh, wow. okay. and he supported it completely and he did actually his best work uh and that's in this period yeah. i think because everything was so quiet in the house and focused and yeah, there was I such see. good spirits yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very true. I remember there's a movie I saw on Netflix a while ago. I forget the name of it now, but it was the story of this Indian gentleman who was self-taught mathematician who had come up with all of these super complex formulas. This was back like during World War II. He was the first Indian to be admitted to, I think it was Oxford. Yeah, Ramanujan, I think. Yeah, Ramanujan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And but he like would say it was like. Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva were like his inspiration. And he was very spiritual, even though he came up with these extremely complex uh, mathematical equations at the time. Yeah, so there you go. He is just amazing. And there's so many books of, of... especially mathematicians, that it's about their spirit life. And and they're, you know, everything is about nature and and stones and that, you know. geometry, right? There you go. (laughs) There you go. So, yeah. So, somehow, it worked very well between us. It was great. So, like, the whole family was really supportive of everything and that's, probably part of the reason why what happened what ha- is what happened yeah yeah i mean and and of course you 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 know we were you know you never i mean i just don't want people who are you know less lucky to think that it's in, in any way you do what you do and i think we are extremely lucky but i think if we would have gone a different way uh it wouldn't have worked out so well right, and it would have disturbed right. the good power but i mean I think what is important is to at least, you know, enable mm-hmm. the child to, uh, you know, to to heal, to right. get into the, the, the thing of healing right. and surrounded by, look, you know, like we are sitting here, surrounded by stones and, mm-hmm. you know, beautiful colors and painting. That helps. Right, right. So now that you've written the book, it's published, it's out. Did it feel like a relief or did it just feel like a a joy of accomplishment? I mean, how do you feel now that it's out there in the public and people are who you have no clue who they are reading the story. Yeah, well that's always a thing with a book you you it's it's you 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 give it. It's a gift to the yeah. world and you have no idea. I think it's not my book anymore. People mm. see in in the book whatever they want to see. Mm. And I just, you know, my 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 biggest hope is that people find truth in it or you know you know, hope and and spirituality, and find hope to f- find their intuition and connect with mm-hmm. it. And so, there's that's my biggest message. There's always hope, there's always and hope, yeah. do also do whatever you 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 feel you have to do. Because even though you know, it's so happy, right. but so if trust it, yourself. Trust yourself. Yeah. yeah, I never never regretted uh, what I've done, and I'm sure that if it would have you know gone differently. I would still be so happy that this mm. is the way I did it. I, you know, it made me so powerful to be what I, you know, sometimes yeah. say of the CEO of her, her health. You know, yeah. the project. You know, helping Charlotte become better, yeah. and that, that I think she felt that strength. Yeah. And I'm so happy now. You know, so the book is out, and I hope readers yeah. love it and and draw strength. Right. Yeah, maybe some wisdom Beautiful. out of it. Are you, are you working on another book now? I am, and it will ah. be about a mathematician ah. shem- 
Who be, who is shamanistic? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there you go. Good. When that one comes out, we'll definitely have to have you back on. <laughs> I will. I wonderful, will. wonderful. So the name of the book again is Saving Charlotte, A Mother and the Power of Intuition. Uh, and uh, my author, the guest, my guest's name, the author is Pia Dijong. And your website is, if people want to learn more. Yeah, so it's piadijong.com. And that's P-I-A-D-E-J-O-N-G.com. Exactly. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming into the studio today, Pia. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you for sharing your story and uh, your life with us. It is really a beautiful and very inspirational. Oh, thank you for listening and for giving me the chance to, you know, talk about this miracle story. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. My pleasure. My pleasure. And, uh, oh, and thank you, Laurie, for joining us on the Facebook live stream. Thank you all uh, for tuning in today. Um, really appreciate you all. If you liked this interview, if you liked this story, please share the video. Um, you know, help us to reach more people. doesn't matter even if you're listening to the uh, after afterwards when it's not live. Um, share it with your friends. Um, help us to get it out there across the, the uh, oceans of social media. Um, coming up next, uh, a replay of Kai Cole's show, the Your, Power, Your Hour of Power, um, where she interviews her <clears throat> now fiancé, though he wasn't at the time. Um, this is a, a show from December 21st. It's a great show. I hope you'll listen to it. Um, and for those who are looking for... Uh, um, Adam Weinberg and his show Is It Plugged In? He's taking a little bit of a hiatus now, um, so he's going to be off the air for a little bit, but not to worry. He'll be back um, later in the springtime. Oh, thank you, Dennis. Dennis says he shared it already. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate you. Um, so again, uh, thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for Kai Cole and our daily magic, and we will talk to you next week. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday, 9 to 10 Eastern Time, and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Are you feeling unhappy with your body, shape, or size? Ever feel out of control with food? I'm Elizabeth from Nourish the Soul, and on the show, you will uncover the root to these imbalances and discover a permanent solution to having a healthy relationship to food and your body. Join us every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. listening to the Talking Alternative Network, 